0: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected
1: officials, or its staff. This uh, lesson is maybe one of the easier ones uh, that we've had for a while because for next week, most of your work is in English, not in Latin, uh, because we're going to be talking about pronouns. But um, let's go ahead with our Latin, uh, what's it called, Um, Words from classical mythology and history. We're going to continue with that again. We have four four words as we do each week. And the first one is mentor. What is a mentor? Do you know without looking at the notes? What is a mentor? Teacher? Yes, a teacher, um, a counselor, an advisor. It's it's maybe a little deeper than a teacher because some teachers you have, you don't like that much, but as a teacher, it really means a lot to you. Uh, the definition that I have says a, tr- a wise, trusting advisor or an athletic coach. And it comes from a man in the Odyssey whose name was Mentor. That was his name. And Ulysses or Odysseus, whatever you want to call him, entrusted his son to him when he went away to the Trojan War. And so that's why we talk about someone having a mentor. Uh, Typical use, uh, the retiring supervisor was was persuaded to stay on for a month as mentor to her successor.
0: Hmm.
1: So that's pretty good. you, You hear that phrase all the time. And uh, you probably know what it means, but you might not have known where it came from. So mercurial, mercurial. Here's a word I would have gotten wrong. I don't know why, but I always thought mercurial meant changeable, but it doesn't. It comes, it's an adjective, and it means quick, vivacious, active, and lively. Okay, and it's because of the god Mercury whose name is also what? What's his Greek name? Hermes. Yep. Greek name Hermes, Latin name Mercury. He's the messenger of the gods. And he's kind of a cool god. He, uh, you, you get the impression that he's always having fun. He's always, uh, you know, he's doing whatever the gods tell him to do, but you get the impression that he's pretty fun. He's He's got a pretty good life. Um. Uh, he was also a God of commerce, that is business, therefore also magic, and also eloquence, because if you're in business, you've got to be a good salesman. And he's also God of travelers, rogues, and thieves. That's kind of funny when you think of that, because, you know, we usually think of God or God as being a very holy type thing, but this God is pretty, uh, pretty you know, unholy in some ways. And you remember the story about him when he was born? Uh, I think you remember that story. Do you remember that? What did he do when he was only a couple, a couple, couple hours old? You know, gods when their babies are a little bit more able to do things than our babies. He saw he saw this turtle, so he killed it and he scooped the shell out, scooped the stuff out of it, and he put some strings on it and he made a lyre out of it. You know, an instrument. <laughs> Tom, you would have liked him because he he made the <laughs> first guitar. And uh, then uh, he got this brilliant idea that he would go and steal Apollo's cattle. So he got up out of his bed and he went and he got these cattle that Apollo had. And he didn't just steal them. He got the brilliant idea to lead them backwards so that if anyone tried to follow their tracks, the tracks would be going the opposite way. As the cattle were going. And so you'd be pretty hard to find them. Uh, And so he led them backwards and hid them. And then he went back and lay down in his bed again. And of course, Apollo figured out who did it. And he came and said, give me my cattle back, kid. And he said, what do you mean, kid? I'm just a baby. I don't know anything. Only thing I know about is bottles and things like that. I don't know. How can I do that? And Apollo said, you better give it back or I'll really punish you. And then he noticed he had something in his hand, and he said, what is that? And he said, oh, it's just a little toy I made, has strings on it. Apollo said, I tell you what, I'll trade you that little thing with strings on it <laughs> for my cattle. And that's why the lyre is sacred to Apollo, and Hermes is the god of thieves. So it's kind of, kind of cool. Um, And if you want to read a real fancy schmancy version of that story, um, uh, it's translated by uh, – Mary Shelley has made a famous kind of translation of it. Hmm. Um, the older partner is rather dull and morose, but the younger has a mercurial temperament that appeals to customers. So there's how you might use it. We could certainly say that, Tom, that Cindy Hollis is mercurial. Could we not? I think we could. <laughs> She's very yep. active, vivacious, lively. What we did could you say th- that word was? Mercurial, you can yeah tell her you can tell her tonight. I said she was mercurial. See what she <laughs> says. The dog was talking all over you. What what was it? Mercurial, mercurial. That's what Cindy Hollis says. She's mercurial, meaning lively, vivacious, that kind of thing. Sound like you're saying material? No, M E R C U R I A L. Mercurial, material, right Mercur- Yeah, material. mercurial. Yep, that's right. Okay, Myrmidon. Um, if you haven't read the Iliad, you probably have no idea who the Myrmidons are. But the word is a noun, and it means an obedient, an obedient, and unquestioning follower. And it comes from the fact that Ach- that Achilles had all these followers called Myrmidons, uh, and they were a really warlike tribe that accompanied him to the Trojan War, and they did anything. They didn't, they did anything he told them to do, so that's why. Um, and typical use, the dictator surrounded himself with Myrmidons who would loyally and pitilessly execute all orders. Oh. Okay. Uh, by the way, the opposite of mercurial... And I give you that as an antonym. The opposite of Mercurial is Saturnine, meaning very, you know, not lively and so forth. (laughs) All right. Nemesis. This is another word you might have heard. It's a noun. It means do punishment for evil deeds or one who inflicts such punishment. And the reason we say it is it's a goddess the goddess nemesis. She is a goddess of vengeance. Okay. And the typical use, you got two examples here. First one is the racketeer was acquitted on all counts except tax evasion. That turned out to be his nemesis. That is, that turned out to be his problem. That turned out to be what got him punished. And then the second example, Napoleon, crushed many opponents. But Wellington, that is the Duke of Wellington, proved to be his nemesis, proved to be his punisher, because, as you know, Napoleon got defeated by the Duke of Wellington at Waterloo. And that's when he got defeated. So any questions on these? We're going to have a great big review on them in a little while, maybe a couple weeks. We got a few more of them to do yet. I guess maybe next week we'll have a little review on them. How about that? Maybe next one. I think there's one word that I know I'll remember. (laughs) What's that? Mercure? Mm -hmm. If I'm saying it's it's the same as material, but you put an oil in it. Is that right? Okay. The car called a mercury. You know the Mm -hmm. car? It's (laughs) the same as that, except it's mercurial. Mercurial. M-E-R-C-U-R-I-A-L. Oh, mercurial. mercurial. Okay, I think I got it. Mercurial, and it means lively. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, those of you who are new to this today are going to be bored out of your gourd for a little while, <laughs> because um, we got to do our lesson of our grammar. But um, if you get the notes, you'll see it. We've been talking about the passive voice versus the active voice. And if you take if you took Spanish as I think I think her name was Catherine that said she was uh, took Spanish, you probably don't know much about the passive voice because it's not used much in Spanish and it's not used much in French and it's not used much in English because Aldous Huxley told us not to use it in English. But it can be used and it's used quite a bit in Latin and in Greek for some reason. And we've got all the endings for it down here. This week we did the imperfect passive. Now, guys, we're going to change verbs from active to passive. So we have the verb bomb How would you translate the verb bomb as that verb is right there on my sheet? How would you translate that verb?
0: I carried. I, I carried. I was, was carrying. I used to carry. Yep. This is yep.
1: Carla. Yep. I got in. Hi, Carla. We're glad to have you. Yeah, you would say I carried. I was carrying. I used to carry, etc. All right. Now, let's change that to the passive. How would you make that verb passive in English and in Latin? Amabar.
0: Uh, wait, Amabar.
1: If you do amo, yes, but we're doing porta.
0: Oh, that's right. We're in the plural. I'm sorry. Amabamur. No, we're
1: in the singular.
0: We're in the singular. Wait a minute. I'm I'm not looking at the right.
1: You're thinking of the the model verb. You're looking at the model verb. Which is amo. oh it's
0: poor. I'm sorry, it's portabam, right? Porta yes. Portabam. So it would be um geez. Poor
1: Tabar. No, just poor Tabar. No, port- you're making it worse than it is. It's bad enough as it is. Poor Tabar. P O R T A, take off the M and add an R. Poor Tabar. Yep. And that would mean what?
0: Um, I was carried.
1: I was carried. I was being carried. See, with the passive voice, if, if you're being carried, you're not doing anything. You're just laying back, enjoying being carried. Or being afraid you're going to get dropped, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> All right, number two, cupiae bamos. What does that mean, cupiae bamos. What does that mean? We are desiring. We are, we were, well, let's put it in the past, we were wow. desiring. All right, What? Do, how do we change that to the passive in Latin and in English? coupier uh, No. Yeah, yes, 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 Carla. Yes, you're right. Coupier Baumur. You're right. I'm sorry. Coupier Baumor, you're exactly right. I was thinking of um, I was thinking of Porta Bar again. Coupier Baumor. And what would that mean?
0: Um, we were
1: desired. We were desired. Very good. Okay, what about doke boss? What does that mean? This is a good review of your verbs. Some of your verbs. Okay, boss. What does that mean? You taught. You taught, or you were teaching. All right. How do we change it to passive?
0: Um, I. I might. Mm.
1: Boss, boss changes to b a b a r i s. So, doke baris. That's why I don't like passive voice. It's got these funky looking endings on it. Doke baris. And that means you were taught. You were taught or you were being taught. Okay. Uh, by the way, there's a alternate ending that you could put. You could also put doka, do, doke bare. You could put doke baris or doke bare. You could put either one. I didn't tell you that, but you could. All right, mitte bomb means what? Mitte bomb uh, What does mito mean? Send. Yep. So mitte bomb means I sent.
0: I was I sent sending. I was sending. I used to send. Right. Okay. How do we make it passive? <laughs> Mute. Um, a
1: bar and it would mean bar and that was i was sent i was sent i was being sent yes all right number five dona batis what does that
0: mean um you plural were um giving or used to give yes you You plural plural were giving
1: okay now here's a real weird looking ending what do we put on this one to
0: make it pass (laughs) that would be um boy if i could pronounce this uh, donabim, donabamini.
1: Yes, don't donabomini. Donabomini.
0: donabomini.
1: And it means you. What? Um, this is a weird one, though. You were you were given. You were given, like you were given in marriage to that. Oh,
0: okay. okay. I'm just when I was translating these things. Yeah. You, you were given.
1: You <laughs> were given in marriage. Remember, this is these is Latin. Back in those days, people could be given in marriage. So you were given in marriage, or you were, whatever. Okay, bomb I can't be a copy bomb. I seized. Me. I no no. I, receive, I
0: received.
1: I received. Oh, received. Copy a bomb. is I seized. I received.
0: We I get received, the word accept. I used to from. receive.
1: Yep. And how do we make it passive?
0: Uh, bar. Yep. A be a bar. a uh, bar. bar.
1: There we are. I, I was received. Okay. All right. Pone bombers.
0: So we would put.
1: Yeah. We pass? were, we were putting. Or we, we were put, putting. Yeah. We were, we placed, putting, we were putting, we, we, were putting we put. All right. Make it passive.
0: Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Pone bomber. Yep.
1: Pone bamos, Meaning
0: uh we were placed
1: or we, we were placed put. or we were put okay Age bot. Okay. Um,
0: to do or to drive right? yep. so, so either he drove he drove or, or he did to drive or he was
1: doing or he was, or he was driving yeah and this verb can have six million meanings uh i mean it can mean drive do discuss live life uh whatever all right. So uh and we get the word agent from it. All right. So what do we do to make it passive? Abe. Okay. Age batur. Yep. Yep. He was driven. Hey, driven. that's a that's a blind man's favorite word. He was driven, right? Anyway. All right, right, décoré. Now I threw a little curve to you. Let's see if you can do this one.
0: What is decore? What is that? I like to say,
1: yeah. So it's a what?
0: It's an infinitive. It's an
1: infinitive. So how do we make the passive infinitive? Instead of saying to say, we're going to say to be said. To be said. Um uh, no. no, no, I'm
0: getting
1: Diki. Oh, that's right. Diki. Diki. In, Diki. in third conjugation, it's just I. In first and second and fourth, yes, it is. Okay, and with de bot
0: means. He saw. Yep.
1: He saw. He,
0: he, he saw. He used to see. He was yep. seeing.
1: How do we make that pass? Um,
0: Tour. De Batur. Yep.
1: We de Batur. And what does that mean? He was that, seen. He was seen or he seemed. He seemed. That seen. could mean yeah. either
0: way. Yeah. It's a funny one. And Moe Batis. Moe Batis. You, you, you moved. You were moving. Okay. And. Moe-bamini.
1: Moe-bamini, meaning we we're moved. Right, y'all are getting this. Dk bamos. Dk bamos.
0: Dk bamos. Uh, you were saying. You said no, we. We. we I'm we sorry. Said, we. Yeah, I'm looking. We said we, said we were saying. saying okay. We used to say. Right. And then Dk uh db i'm sorry dk ba more right we were said we now, th- which, now that one i didn't that translation looked weird we were said to be oh we were said to be beautiful but really we weren't
1: or whatever we were said to be honest but really we were a bunch of mercury's followers crooks okay all right not not something you'd normally see. now the last one
0: puniric Punish, it's the infinitive.
1: To punish, right? Uniri. Uniri, to be punished. To be punished. Yep, there we are. Okay, now we have a hard thing here, changing sentences from active to passive. Now, let's just stop a minute and go over how we do it. Okay, we're going to take our sentence that we have in the active. Whatever the subject is, make it a by-phrase with either a or ab plus the ablative or just the ablative, depending on whether it's a thing or a person. Make the verb passive and then take the object and make it the subject. Okay, that's the steps. So we have number one, Intermis servus vestimenta custodie bot. What does that sentence mean? In, termis, Sarah- in
0: the baths, the servant watches the clothes. Right. In the baths,
1: the servant watches the clothes. In other words, at the baths, you know, the Romans would go to the baths every day about four o'clock and they would, and they would, uh, they would go to the baths and they would, you know, swim and exercise, whatever they wanted to do for an hour. And while they were there, they took their clothes off and put them in the, in fact, they bathed naked by the way. But and then, so only guys went at one time and then girls went at another time or else guys and girls had separate rooms, whichever way the bath did it, the particular establishment. But um, while you were in the bath, you probably had a slave who would guard your clothes because if he didn't, somebody might come and steal them because mm. he could take them into Rome and sell them. So we have a very funny story in the Latin book that I taught with in high school where this, this, this slave whose name was a cellist, which means little, little jackass. (laughs) He was told to guard the clothes and he fell asleep and some slave was stealing them. And the guy who, uh, one of the, one of the guys in the story comes back in the bath and sees them being stolen and yells, stop thief. And it scares the slave and he jumps and wakes up real fast, but it's too late. The guy's running away with the clothes. Kind of of a cute little story, but um, anyway, so this sentence means, in the baths, a slave guarded the clothes. Now, how do we make that sentence passive? Keeping the to same get an meaning to that question, I have to jump in here and tell you that Carrie has left, and means that Albert's the first one, that, I guess by virtue of the fact that I was the first one that came in, it made me the host. So very. Oh, you go. I wonder about. I thought maybe she gave you a job to do. No. Uh, well, that's fine. You can I don't uh, you know can watch picked that or what? But I'll i just go ahead and act as host. Okay. A you can guard us meantime, right? <laughs> Keep us on the straight and narrow here. Oh <laughs> God! All right. So uh, in the so in the baths, a slave guarded the clothes. Now, how do we change that? In clothes
0: the are guarded by, were the guarded by the slave. Right. the yeah.
1: clothes were guarded by this by a slave in the baths. Now, how do we do this? Okay. You can keep the words exactly the same in the same place in the sentence. That's the easiest way to do it. Just keep the words where they are. Just put the right endings on them. So intermes, is that going to change? No. No. No, That's not going to change. Okay. Serawis, is that going to change?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's it going to change to? Abserwo. Ah servo. Yes. A-ser-wo. I'd say ah servo since the next word begins with a vowel with a consonant. Ah servo. By the slave, and then westamenta. Is that going to change form? It's going to change case, but it's neuter plural, so it's going to be westamenta again.
0: West-a-menta.
1: All right. Now what happens to the verb? Um
0: that, that would become um uh in the passive so yes, it would be passive on um, third person plural yes so it would good job carla you got
1: it you got it i'm impressed because she remembered something that i was afraid you wouldn't and that is the subject changed from singular to plural because now it means mm-hmm. in the baths the clothes were guarded by the slave. So she had to Mm -hmm. change the verb to were guarded. Very good job on that. Very good.
0: Very good. That's a tricky
1: part. That's a tricky part. All right. Number two, (laughs) Puella Pokra Narcissum Amabat. What is that? That's from our reading last week. What's that sentence mean?
0: The pretty girl loved Narcissus. A pretty girl loved Narcissus. What are we going to say? The Narcissus was loved by the pretty girl. Right.
1: How, How do we do it? Hello, Carrie. We see you're back. Oh, yeah, I just gave her hosting privilege back. i lost his job Then, oh, I just gave it back to her. All right, he can be a student again.
0: Expanded. What the do we do here? Be, the um, the verb, verb would be amabatur.
1: Amabatur, good. You don't have to change singular. You to form. Change
0: that. Now, what happens to Puella Pokra? So that would be, that if Puella, no.
1: Ablative of person or agent. Yep. <laughs> Apuela pokra. Apuela po right. now. What's narcissum do? Nar, Narcissus. Narcissus. Good. So Apuela Pokra, Narcissus Amabatu. There we go. All right, let's do one more. Mater Togas Patris in Kista Pone Pone Bat. All right, so what? What is Enquistas, uh, meaning meaning in a chest, in a, in a trunk, in a suitcase. All right. So mother did what? Poneba
0: carried togas. Uh, what are togas? Uh, togas. Togas. Yeah. No, mother togas.
1: put father's togas, togas in the In the chest. All right. Now you're going to change it to say what? Togas. Were placed Father. in the chest yes. by mother. A dad father's togas are placed in the chest by mother. All right, how do we say that? You can keep the words in exactly the same place. So, matre, amatro amatro almost almost amatre amatre, amatre. togas changes to togai togai. Right, Patris, that stays the same. stays the same. the same. Now, what about no. pone bot?
0: Okay, that's got to be a plural. Yep, um, and it's got to be you know a plural passive. So, right. uh, um, pone is there a? Oh no, I see what happened. I thought there was an error here, but pone bantur. Pone bantur. Good job. Good job. Any questions on that?
1: Let's do one more. Gladius Weirum Neckon.
0: The <laughs> sword killed the man. The sword killed the man. So the man was killed by the sword. Right. The uh, man was weird. killed by the well, sword. Okay. So um, well, I know that um, it's uh, you know, um, Weirum is going to change to Weir. You're right. Object. And it was killed. The verb isn't going to change because they're both singular. Right. And I'm um, um, glad by the sword. That's the trouble I'm having. I'm um, um, Gladium just, no. gladi- just gladio. The, um, you, don't gladium. Need,
1: you don't need the R ah because it's a thing. No, that's so right. So by means of the sword. So gladio weir necabatur. Gladio weir necabatur. Let's do one more quick one here. Mater filios curabat. The mother. Cared for her sons.
0: i um, Ah, uh,
1: All right, just about. Ah, matre. Ah, matre. Matre. Yep. M A T R E. Uh oh. Okay. Mater matris is the genitive. So, matre. Ah, matre. Now, what happens to filios? Uh,
0: they become the subject. Yep. So, fili.
1: Fili. Okay. Fili. Actually, fili. e And what about kurabat?
0: Oh, changes to plural. Yep.
1: Kurabantur. Uh, Kurabantur. Hmm. Good job. You guys are doing fine. Okay, good. Now, we have a review of the verb sum. Uh, which we've had before, long time ago. Present tense of sum is sum es est, sum es est son. We, I am, you are, he is, we are, you are, they are. If you know Spanish, it's like soy, eres, es, somos, soy, son. This is sum es est, sum es est son. The infinitive is ese, E-S-S-E, to be. And the imperfect is like in Spanish, eraba, or rather, era, eras, 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 eramos, eras, erant. Is that right? Yeah. And but in Latin, it's eram, eras, erat, eramus, eratis, erant. And you can do, uh, you can, uh, re- you know, study that this week. Very easy, not hard. Now, the big thing I wanted to do this week was start you on
0: pronouns. What is a pronoun? It's a word that substitutes for a noun. So instead of saying John, you might say he for the subject and him for the object. Right. Okay. And the
1: thing about pronouns that you've got to know, if I just said she answered the question, what about that? If I said that to you, you would say, well, who did? Did Moosey? Did Carla? Did uh, uh, Carrie? Who answered the question? So you have to know what word the pronoun refers to. And the word the pronoun refers to is called the antecedent, meaning it's the word that comes before the pronoun at some point. And that's if you don't know the antecedent of the pronoun, you won't know what the sentence means exactly. Now, what kind of pronouns are there? There are all kinds of pronouns. Mm-hmm. There are personal pronouns. They refer to people, things like I, you, etc. cetera. I, you, he, she, it, we, you, they, him, her, us, words like that, Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Reflexive pronouns refer to the subject of the sentence. Now, let me just say this is one of the most misused things today in English that I have heard with reflexive pronouns. Reflexive pronouns, remember, have to bounce back to the subject. So, for example, myself, yourself, himself, herself, ourselves, yourself. By the way, there is no such word as their selves or his self. You probably know that, but but some people might not. So there it is. The thing that's misused about this today in the day's world is people say things like, well, if you uh, if you want to get my notes, talk to myself after class. <laughs> Instead of saying, talk to me after class, people use the reflexive pronoun today where they should use the subject pronouns. They're saying, talk to me. People say, talk to myself, which sounds kind of funny. I've never heard that, Gary. Oh, my gosh. They say it in our church all the time. If you you want to uh, come to the dinner next week, see myself after the service. Oh, I've never heard that. And it
0: cracks me up. I have to
1: say, it makes me laugh. See myself. Just sounds... Hey,
0: Gary, can I ask a question before we get too far into this? with sure. With um, sure. some essay. Um, are, are You you definitely referred to it by the first person and not the infinitive essay to be?
1: Some books do. Some books, the older Latin books refer to it as soon. We're going to learn soon today. Oh. The newer The newer Latin books might refer to it as essay it just depends on the book you're using they used to always call it zoom but Um, in more modern times because of the modern language i guess uh books and so forth they some books do refer to it as essay so it just depends on the age of your book or on the way the author wants to teach it so you can do it either way oh okay in your teaching, of course, and if you remember, we're not doing principal parts right now, but sum is the first principal part and essay is the second principal part. So um, demonstrative pronouns, they point to things, this, that, these, those, and they're called demonstrative because they, they point to something. Relative pronouns join clauses together. And these are hard in English because they're who, whom, whose, which, that, and we always have trouble knowing whether to use who or whom. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just tell you a way to do it that you'll be right just about every time. I won't say all the time, but I think just about every time. Look at your word who or whom, and you don't know which one to use. Look at the next word to it in the sentence. If the next word to it in the sentence is a verb, it's going to be who. If the next word to it in the sentence is anything else, it's going to be whom. And that rule, you can pretty well take that rule to the bank.
0: Well, that works real well. Now, what I used to tell my, what I tell my students is, if you can substitute the word for he in the sentence, then you use who, because it's a subject. That's true. If you can substitute him, then you'd use whom, because it's an object. And that's
1: also true. Yes. So if you like
0: that way better, that's also. No, but I'm going to write true. yours down, too, because sometimes they need two things to remember. The only time
1: that one doesn't work in French is when you have a reflexive verb, because then you have a reflexive pronoun bounce in there. And they might say, well, it's not a verb. You know what I mean? For mm-hmm. example, "Say la fille qui célèbre qui de bonheur.
0: Right. Well, it screws
1: up that you can't follow it in that case. But, in no, all but other I, cases, I tell them to think of
0: reflexive verbs as reflecting back to yourself. Like you yep, look into yep, a mirror, yep, it reflects yep, back. Yeah, yep, yep. that's exactly a different right.
1: animal. So, right. It is. Uh, then interrogative pronouns. Again, they ask questions. They're not the same as the relative pronoun. They ask questions. Who, which, that, whom. And some people will argue whether whom is really should be used an interrogative pronoun some will some will argue some will say why why well they say it sounds old-fashioned that's the like fact there's a joke you say whom whom are you looking for And they'll say you you know uh, so it's it's kind of a bad joke but um uh, there are some that say it's it's just too old we don't do it anymore but uh you know um i heard an english teacher once say and this is about the relative pronoun he was saying this said you guys fooling around this who and whom stuff said what good is that said who cares about who and whom i said okay then if you had a student that wrote you a composition would you downgrade them if they misused who or whom he said sure i would i said well then you better teach it if you're going to downgrade them you better teach it don't you think um pronouns have cases uh In English, we don't have cases like we have in Latin with the accusative and the nominative and all. But in English, we have them in two places. One place is with the apostrophe S. That's really a case. That's really a case, meaning showing possession. Mothers instead of mother. And the other is um, with pronouns. Pronouns show case. Pronouns that are in the nominative case are the subject of the sentence, like I, we, you, she, he, it, they. I can remember being in sixth grade and our sixth grade teacher, I came back to school that week. I missed a week of school when I came back and he said, "Okay, the nominative pronouns are I, we, you, she, he, it, they. And I learned them. I learned that. I had no idea what I was talking about. You know, if you said what are the nominative pronouns, I could have told you. I, we, you, she, he, it, they. But I had no idea what the nominative was. I didn't know why they were nominative pronouns. I, I mean, I just remembered it. And then when we got to objective pronouns, well, I was a little bit more lost. But anyway, so the nominative pronouns are the subject. Then things like like me, you, him, her, it, them, us, those are your object pronouns. And sometimes in English, we have trouble knowing when to use the subject pronouns and when to use the object pronouns. And that's one of the things we're going to do in this lesson. If you look at the last exercise in this lesson, it basically Mm -hmm. says, find the mistake in these sentences. And they're all Mm -hmm. English sentences. Mm -hmm. They're all English. But I want you to find the mistake. Every one of them has a mistake in it. Mm -hmm. And I want you to find me what the mistake is and be ready to tell me what the right answer is, if you can. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And some of them are pretty obvious, but some of them Mm -hmm. maybe aren't, aren't quite as obvious. Some of them I've heard people use. I base this on things I've heard people say, uh, you know, all the time. And uh, so uh, you, you'll have some fun with this, maybe just seeing what, seeing how good your English is with your pronouns. And then we'll get into some Latin pronouns the next time.
0: Any Can questions? Show, on- you know what confuses my students is the predicate nominative. I don't know why they You mean with this. pronouns
1: or you mean in general? Well,
0: in general, but even with pronouns, you know. I, well,
1: because, know. yes. Well, and there's a good reason for that, Carla, because even people don't agree on the use of it. And Spanish and French don't help any. For example, in English, it is really correct to say, and this is going to give one of our answers away, but that's all right, it is really correct to say it is I. Right. because mm-hmm. it is, it is takes the nominative case. This is him. I mean, I mean, this is he. Right. That's really correct. OK, but I have a note. I have an I have a book here called English Grammar Composition for ninth grade written in like 1965. <laughs> and it has a footnote in it and it says educated people today say it's him. Therefore, that's also correct usage.
0: 1965. That's awful. I thought it happened last year. You know, nope.
1: 1965, <laughs> it started to happen. But but on the other hand, you never know who's going to be picky. There used to be a guy in the Federation whose name was John Taylor. Maybe you remember. Maybe you've heard of. Him. He later joined ACB hmm. and he came to a job presentation that I was at one time. He was talking about people getting jobs and he said he was going to hire a guy one day. And so he called this guy to hire him and he said, is Joe there? he said the guy said this is him
0: he said never Mm-mm. mind
1: he hung up and said he didn't want to hire somebody that said this is him he wanted mm. to say this is he mm. so you never know mm. you might find the opposite if you say this is he somebody might say ah, oh, that guy's too he, too much of a, e- of a geek.
0: Gary it'd be easier to say speaking
1: it certainly would it certainly <laughs> would it certainly would be easier to say so that's why your students are confused and also and don't forget in French what do we do in French Carla we say c'est moi right or mm-hmm. say louis it's him mm-hmm. we use an object type pronoun right. but in spanish you would say wouldn't you say soy yo or soy yo,
0: S yo, yes you'd say
1: or sl so you'd use a subject pronoun so even that the foreign languages don't agree on how to handle this
0: that is so true it's that a tricky point true. gary it's about a quarter till Thank you thank you. Um, where is this exercise you're talking about? the very
1: end, the first there's an exercise A which practices zoom in the imperfect and perfect present. And then letter B says, let me read the directions to you. Letter B at the very bottom. Now this isn't the notes I sent you today, Carl. I sent you some notes today. And it's not that. It's, but this says each of these each of the sentences below I'm sorry, I lost my place. Each of the sentences below has a mistake in it. Identify the mistake and tell what the correct use would be. And then number one says they talk to themselves. Themselves. That's not what it says. Oh, yeah. Okay. You just did it for us. They talk to themselves is the correct answer. There's no such thing as their selves. Right. So she just did number one for you. So
0: there
1: we go. All right, I want to take some time now, and we haven't talked about Roman civilization for a little while, so I want to do that today. We have a little bit of time. When we left off with our Roman history last, remember the kings had just been thrown out. They've been thrown out. The uh, the last king of Rome has been put out of his throne because, remember, his son raped a woman named Lucretia, and that infuriated the populace so much that they raised an army, fought against the king, and threw him out of Rome, and they have established a new form of government called what? Republics. The Republic. Okay. Rome will no longer be ruled by kings. It will be ruled by consuls and by the senate. Now, and we talked about how the consuls and the senate ruled Rome. We talked about some of that back a while. All right, now, but Things didn't go quite as smooth as you might have liked in throwing the kings out. Firstly, Brutus, who was really, remember Brutus's name meant dummy. And he's called Brutus because he pretended to be retarded so that the king wouldn't kill him. And so he pretended to be retarded, but then when this woman got raped, it made him so mad that he threw off his disguise of being retarded and raised an army and really was instrumental in throwing the kings out. And so Brutus will be the first consul of Rome. He will be the first consul. And Brutus made a rule. He said, anybody caught plotting to bring the kings back in, to bring the king back in, will be put to death. Anybody caught trying to bring the king back in and get rid of the Republic will be put to death. What he didn't know was that his own sons were plotting to bring the king back in. Which is kind of weird because they're plotting against their own father. But um, he didn't know that. But then as time went on, he suddenly realized that his sons were plotting against the government. Well, what would you do today? If a father found out his kids were doing that, what would he do? He'd say, oh, well, boys will be boys. We won't do anything. You know, (laughs) well, they're just kidding around. You know, they really weren't doing anything. Well, that's not what Brutus did. Brutus said, I told you guys, if you plot against this government, you're going to get put to death. And I don't care who you are. You're my sons. Yes, and I love you dearly. But you're plotting against this government. So guess what? You're done. And he put him to death. Mm. And so uh, that must have been a very hard thing for him to do. Mm. But he did. It. And you have to say he stuck by his principles mm. in, in doing that. Mm. But that didn't help. Because the king decided that he would get some help from other kings. And so he goes to the king of the Etruscans. Remember, the Etruscans live up north of Rome. And they're much more advanced than the Romans are, really. And a lot of the kings had come from there. And he goes up there and says, you boy, you, you better listen to me. He said, I got thrown out of Rome. And if you don't want to get thrown out of your thrones, you better help me get back in. Because, you know, we, we kings got to stick together. And so the king of the Etruscans decided, okay, he would help his brother king get his throne back. And so he comes down and he invades, tries to invade Rome. Uh, because he wants to put the king back on the throne, and so the first thing that happens is he comes up to Rome, and there's a wooden bridge going across the Tiber River to get back into Rome. You might remember that, and so he gets ready to lead his troops across the wooden bridge into Rome, and this one-eyed guy, this is the first blind guy to make good, you know, except for Homer, (laughs) This one-eyed guy whose name is Horatius Cocles, Cocles means one-eyed. This guy realizes that if, if he comes across that bridge, it's over. And so what's he do? He jumps on the bridge, he and two other guys, and says, we're going to keep them from coming across. And as they came, and it's a little narrow bridge. So as they came across, they would fight against them and kill them. As they came across. So, Uh, And he he says to the Romans, what you guys want, I want you all to do, don't worry about me. I want you to cut this bridge down. Cut this bridge down right now. And so the Romans start working on cutting the bridge down as this guy stands on the bridge and defends it from Rome. And finally, finally, it gets ready to go down. And as he sees the bridge is about to collapse, he jumps into the Tiber and prays save my life as I'm swimming back into Rome. And so he, actually, he's on the he's on the Etruscan side of the bridge. So he's right on the end of the bridge. He jumps in, swims across the, the river, avoiding arrows and, and weapons that are coming at him, and he makes it to the other side. But the enemy can't cross the bridge. And therefore, the Etruscans can't get into Rome. It makes a great story, doesn't it? However, in reality, in reality, the Etruscans probably still got in and invaded Rome, probably did but but it makes a good story so we don't know whether it's true or not. However, there's an even better story. The Etruscans can't get into Rome right away, so they decide they're going to besiege Rome. So they build you know they they make a siege ramp and they and they uh, they uh, you know starve, try to starve the Romans out. And so this young guy whose name is Moosius, call him Moose if you want. He goes to the consul and says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go and I'll assassinate the Etruscan king who's trying to invade Rome. I'll go and assassinate. You don't have to know that I went and you don't have to know when I come back. You can pretend you don't know anything about it, but I'm just telling you, I'm going to go assassinate the guy. And so." He leaves in disguise, and he goes over to the Etruscan camp, and he's ready to assassinate the Etruscan king. There's only one trouble. He doesn't know what the Etruscan king looks like. He doesn't know it, never seen him before. So he gets into the camp, and he sees two guys up on a throne-like thing, and one guy, everybody's coming up to him, and he's giving him something. The other guy just sitting there. So he figures, well, the guy that's given these guys something is probably the king. So he goes up and kills him. Mm. There's only one trouble. Wasn't the king. It was the king's secretary. It was payday, and he was paying the soldiers. So right away when he kills the king's secretary, of course, the army is alerted. They grab him. They capture him, and they haul him before the king. And the king says, why did you kill my secretary? I don't even know who you are. What are you doing? And he says, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I was trying to assassinate you and I made a mistake. I made a mistake. But don't worry. There are plenty more brave Romans in Rome who, if I don't do it, they'll come out here and do it. Don't worry. So the guy says, well, tell me what the Romans are planning. He said, I'm telling you nothing. I said, okay, you won't tell me? I'll, uh, you, you, I'll kill you by burning you alive. Oh, the guy says, I'm not worried about that. You think I'm worried about a little fire? And he takes his right hand and puts it on the fire that's burning on the altar right next to him. And he leaves it. He he puts his hand in the fire and holds it on the fire like until it's completely burned off. And he doesn't flinch. Well, when the Etruscan king sees that, he says, you can go. You did more harm to yourself than you're doing to me. And so he let him go. And after that, he got a nickname. His nickname was that is this guy that tried to assassinate the king. His nickname was Skyvola, which means lefty, because now mm-hmm. all he's got is his left hand. Mm-hmm. But this so terrified the king of the, the Etruscan king, this so terrified him that he withdrew and didn't try anymore to invade Rome. Because he said he didn't want to face any more men. Who had that kind of courage? So that's an interesting story, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. Today, when I used to teach that story to my students, they never got it. Uh, they, 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 they took the attitude: this is a crazy guy. You know, he was crazy, which maybe in a way he was. The Romans took it that he was a very brave man who was able to endure pain in order to save his country. Now, in reality, in reality, in in reality, could this be done? Could a person hold their hand in a fire until their hand burned completely off?
0: Oh, I think they would faint a long time before. Hmm.
1: Not not only would they faint, there's something else that might happen. What? They might get infected because when you burn your hand like Hmm. that, doesn't that, isn't that, I understand a burn site. Although they do use heat to cauterize wounds, right. it wouldn't bleed. It, I don't think your burn would bleed, but it, but it would be very open to infection, right. I would think. Right. And I, so I would think that this would almost be impossible for a human being to do. So I think, again, we're in the realm of maybe some mythology here, but, but it makes a story. It makes a good story. And, it's
0: like exaggeration, maybe yeah. you know. Yeah. And I mean, there was
1: a family in Rome called who had the name Skyvola, which meant left. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that may be where it came from. You know that why is this family why is this family called that? Well, because a guy burned his right hand off uh, trying to save Rome. So I don't know. You know I don't, I don't know, I don't know. The Romans thought it was a great story. They thought this is patriot patriotism at the highest level and uh so you have to decide what you think of it
0: Gary it's about two minutes till
1: yes okay guys we have our homework for next week pronouns English and we have a little bit of Latin to do but mostly English so be ready to tell me about the mistakes in these sentences okay we'll see you